This is It's Settled with Stephanie Lyles, and I am your co-host, Blake Lyles. So, where do we go from here, boss lady? Hmm, you're you're the guest host. Okay. You you run this whole episode. I don't I don't do anything except answer your prompts. Okay. Well, uh, I guess let's go back to the beginning. Tell us where you're from. Um, you know a little bit about the area, your upbringing, just a little bit. Um, you know, just just kind of give us a little bit of who you, who you are. Hmm. I was born in a small wooden log cabin in rural Vermont in the 1850s. You would have got away with the log <clears throat> cabin, but not Vermont. Yeah. Um, I am from Stone County, Arkansas. Uh, it's right <clears throat> in the north central part of the state. So if you draw a line from Little Rock, I think it's like 150 miles due north. And it's home to Blanchard Springs Caverns, which if you've never been there or even heard of it and you didn't even know it existed, give it a goog. It's pretty awesome. Um... And now I live closer to central Arkansas, and I am a mortgage lender, and uh, I'm married to you, and we cumulatively have <clears throat> five kids, mm -hmm. and... Uh, it's a little bit different when you're sitting across the, the aisle here, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, 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 it is different. So... All right, uh, what makes you tick, Stephanie Lyles? I know we've gone from Pinterest to building desks to planting flowers to looking at the stars to, I mean, a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. What's your one thing that makes you tick? We all know mm -hmm. you do mortgage. We all know you're the best in the business as far as that's concerned. But Thanks. aside from that, what makes you tick? Um, well, I mean, I love, I'm competitive, so I think that's why I have done well in mortgage, and I'm competitive with myself. So, it's, a lot of people are kind of shocked to find out that I'm nerdy, and I like to think about things in an outward way, and I love to create things. And I think that's part of the good thing of growing up is you learn those things about yourself. Because, like, if I'm not making something in a creative manner, and it could be building an Amazon plant stand mm -hmm. with the directions. It could be something as easy, of that, easy as that. But I have to see something take shape that I did. And you've done a lot. You've built a, a, some beautiful furniture before. Thanks. Uh, redone some furniture before. Things mm -hmm. like that. I think at one time I, I, I accidentally uh, speckled paint on your Harley. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Remember when the bed frame fell on your head? And <laughs> me and Skylar yes. had a hard time helping you? Yeah. Y'all are rude. <laughs> um, for the record, that... 
that bed frame weighed at least 800 pounds total. And it was, yeah, a, right. it was an old iron bed frame. <clears throat> and something gave me the great idea. I bought it off an old lady out of her storage unit. And I had this great idea that I was going to strip it down to the original cast iron. Mm-hmm. And I kept uncovering, like, all the colors of the rainbow. It was like a Tootsie Pop. It was. Oh, man. I don't have that kind of energy the day these you were days. painting it. You had it propped up on a shovel or something. <laughs> Fell over, hit you in the head. Me and Skylar, we was crying like a cat. So we were laughing so hard we couldn't get over there to help you get it off of you. But we would have, you know, you'd have you thought know, you were dying when it happened. You do realize that that, that piece falling on my skull could have killed me (laughs) and you guys all six inches away you guys came around the corner and started laughing we did it was hilarious and you know who saved me i don't remember everly everly yeah she ran over there and she was like mommy's hurt stop laughing yeah Mm -hmm. and then uh one day what we're at the heber state park or somewhere Uh uh-huh you hit your door. You hit your head on the door and fell on the ground. No, and... that was that was totally not my fault. <laughs> um, I'd had like a minor outpatient procedure, don't you remember? And then I was like woozy for a couple days. Lucas was a baby. I got out of the suburban. Yeah, I did. I whacked my head on the door. Yeah, all I remember was where's Stephanie at, and no, it's like Steph's laid on the ground. <laughs> So, you, you, you've been known to take a fall or two yeah. here and there. Back into a car or two here and there. Um, no. You know, none of those. You're experts at some things, but you fail miserably at others. So I, I will. I think that's fair. Uh, my problem is I automatically way overestimate my capacity and my abilities. Definitely. Definitely. Because that's why I had to stop watching shows like, you know, the remodel rehab shows. Because I'd get all pumped up and I would be like, I can totally take out this wall before Blake gets home. Yeah, not a good idea. When we moved from our old house, I had to patch 300 holes. But the funniest, (laughs) I think the funniest ever was when uh, it's like another man's trash is another person's treasure. And then uh, I came home one day, and there was a massive pile of just crap wood laying in the driveway. <laughs> and you ran outside, and you were super excited. You said, my dad tore down his deck, and he gave me all this wood. <laughs> I said, I'm sure he did, so he didn't have to get rid of it to some, somewhere else and burn it. Yeah, well, in your face, how much of it got used? Not a lot. No. I had to throw a lot of it away when we moved. No, that's not true. That was other stuff that I would collected. But all, all, right. all of that... All of that wood, I I utilized it in some way. I might have used it for a campfire, yeah, or to prop a door open, but it got used. So what you're saying is though, you'll it's kind of what's happening at the time, right? Like if if there's an asteroid going through the sky, well now you, you're going to go down the rabbit hole of space or if there's um you see 
uh, what's the guy, Little Rock? The 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 flower garden guy. Oh, P. Allen Smith. P. Allen Smith on TV. Listen, you if anybody knows P. Allen Smith, please come on my podcast. We have to go to the nursery and buy a bunch of plants. <laughs> go pick up rocks for days, or you know, you watch uh, home remodel. You've got to start building desks. So it's whatever's kind of catches your attention at the time. Yes. So that is a combination of ADHD and, like I said, overestimating my abilities. Okay. And that's why, like I said, that's why I can't watch those kind of shows because they get me way too hyped up about the possibilities. And then I'll get so hyped up about all of the different options that I will do none of the things. So tell us how, jumping... uh, Crossing over a little bit here. Tell us how a little blonde-headed girl from 56, Arkansas, class of three. uh, No, it was like 80-something. 80-something. Manages to make it all the way to Cavett and... That's like not very far. It's two counties. It's not very far, but the industry you're in, you left where you were. Came into a completely different industry, completely different area. You didn't know anyone, didn't know anybody. Uh, and then you get started in mortgage. Like, what was the beginning of that to get you where you are right now? Um, uh, this is random, but there is a yellow and black bird that I've never seen anything like that in my life right there. What is that? You're gonna have to show me a little it's bit moving. Closer. It's moving right there. On those little yellow flowers. Do you see it? Uh-uh. Right there at the, where the grass is. Oh, yeah. Oh, What is a yellow gosh, and black it's bird? It's a goldfinch. Take a picture of that. She also likes birds. Oh. Feeding birds. You got your phone? We yeah. We gotta take a picture of that. Yeah. Um, well, so, I made a lot of terrible decisions as a young adult. Okay. That is, that's kind of how I got into mortgage. And I know that sounds like, oh, you made a lot of terrible decisions that got you. Great call, yeah. <laughs> uh, I applied for a job at a bank. <clears throat> so first off, wait, I don't want to cut you off here, but a lot uh-huh. of people don't know that I think you, you went to the University of Arkansas when you were like 17 years old, right? Yeah, so I graduated high school a year early. Yeah, 17 years old, went there. And I know different things happen in life, yada, yada, yada. Fast forward a little bit, but you started to hit the college scene pretty early in life. I did, and that was a mistake. And I should have listened to my mom. (laughs) Graduating, because there is a big, huge maturity difference between 17 and 18. So I came from a town of 156 people. And this was the era of no cell phones. And I had my Honda Accord and an Atlas. And then I moved to a gigantic city that might as well have been Jupiter. Yeah, it's definitely different there than it is even where we're at in Cabot. So fast forward, um, you kind of mistakenly tripped into the mortgage industry. Yes, because I wanted a fancy job. Right. You want to be a lawyer at one time. Uh, yeah, and I actually was 
I spent a lot of time going that route, but um, in between one of my uh, college streaks, because, you know, I kind of did the university tour of the South, mm-hmm. um, there for a hot minute, um, I was not going to school, and I had applied for a job at a bank as a teller. And they interviewed me as a mortgage loan processor. Mm-hmm. And so I got hired at this mortgage company, and it was all women. There was 14 women, and I learned a ton. So that was in the year of 2000. And so my time working as a processor, um, I was, I'd started back to school at that point. And then I left that job and went back to school full time, and I was really going to do the full time law school thing. And then. Um, I started kind of brokering and contract processing part-time to get some money. Ended up getting an originator position with a bank. And uh, I started doing the math, and I was like, I like this. Let's see where this goes. Yeah. And commission-based is really hard, but if you're a competitive person and you like to set goals for yourself, Mm -hmm. plus I like numbers... Um, and I feel like my family on both sides growing up, extended families on both sides were very instrumental in like teaching me the value of your relationships with people and talking to people. So I was never afraid of like putting myself out there Mm -hmm. or just going up and talking to somebody that I knew I might never have a chance to go and talk to. Now, a lot of people, well, a lot of people do know this, but not everybody, that this is actually how me and you met, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You did my mortgage on my home when I was in the military here. Yes. Yep. Came in, I'd worked third shift, came in, it was super, well, it was sometime that morning, I was dead tired, and that's just kind of where it all started. Yep. You were super hot. Oh, you were as well. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> stood me up probably three or four times, I think, mm-hmm. on some dates. And then we finally went on a date and hit it off. And yeah. I think maybe, I was it our second date or something? I looked at you and I said, this is going to sound crazy, but I'm going to I'm gonna marry you Was one it the day. second? Don't say that. That makes you sound psychotic. Well, yeah. maybe. But... And maybe it was the third, but yeah, it was true. It was really true. But and... we're how many years later now? Uh, Let's see. It'll be 13 Long in time. October. Yeah. 13 in October, we'll be married. Yeah. So, I apologize for standing you up, by the way. It's okay. I, it's okay. You, have to, okay. you have to understand, I was, I was coming off a string of bad decisions of adolescence, and I didn't want you to end up being one of those bad decisions. So I had, <laughs> I had to vet you out very well, thoroughly. It worked out. It did. Well, it did. It worked out. Because, you know, there's nothing like getting somebody's background and social security number like doing a mortgage for them. Yeah. I'm teasing. That is, that, yeah. I'm joking. Yeah. So we go down. We go. You know, we know a little bit where you're from. We know what you do for a living now. What in God's name were you thinking I'm going to start a podcast, which has been great. You've had a lot of cool people on, and you've talked to some some friends of ours, and 
Um, I think you learn a lot about people. I think it's interesting. But mm-hmm. where did, I mean, what, because, I mean, we were just living life one day, and then you said you're starting a podcast the next, so. Because I, I love podcasts. I love all kinds of podcasts, and I've listened to them for a long time. And I think as far as media goes, that is my preferred form of consumption. Yeah. You can listen to it while you're walking. You can listen to it while you're driving. And I don't, I mean, and I know you, you have to do these things like reels and stories or whatever in the short videos, but I'm just not about that life. I just. <laughs> well, I, I think I appreciate it too, because I think it's like, uh, it's like the banded rooster thing, like with the podcast thing. You don't ever know if something's going to work until you try it. Right. You got to try it. Mm-hmm. I tried that. It, it's it's worked. It's done well. You've done this. It's and regardless of whether you do it, I mean, I didn't do it to make money. You're not doing this to make money. And as long as you're having fun, that's what people should do. That's what I think. Yeah. And then I realized because I got in a super uh, tunnel vision mm-hmm. mode for a long time, where I was so focused on certain aspects of work. That I couldn't, like, break out of that and allow myself to do something creative. Yeah. So, I realized that the best things that have happened to me as far as helping me in my career have not really been specifically pieces of information, but just connections that I had from my past or learning Mm -hmm. something about somebody that inspired me to do something. Yeah. Um, Speaking of competitive uh, competitiveness we both are pretty competitive we want to win um, all i do is win win yeah win, no matter and I, what. so it's fall now and fall is usually the time of year where our lives kind of take a complete 180 getting home at 8 30 o'clock 8 30 at night or i am you know about 8 30 at night and we got games and evie's got cheer and lucas got football and um which how I do you, love. How do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Football is that's kind of my thing. It's Lewis's so thing. We love it. We do love it. So, one thing that you don't handle well mm-hmm. is not winning. Nope. And I don't. Think, Where did this come from? I, just from being a human. I don't think any. No, no, no. It's not being human. There's a difference in like I can lose, but if you and Skylar are playing Monopoly and you're not winning. It's like turning the tables over like Jesus did in the temple, <laughs> running out of the room. I don't know. So how did you get to the point to where you're like, was it from people saying you can't do stuff? Is it Was it just ingrained in you? Were you raised that way? Is it a combination of all of it? What is it? I don't know. I've just never, I've never just been afraid to do stuff. Yeah. And then like my parents never told me that you can't do that or... You shouldn't be doing that. Um, You know, I remember one time, Mom and Dad got me and John these, I think they're called pugil sticks, Mm -hmm. like from the Gladiators. John beat me like I was a grown man with that thing. And, I mean, I would whack him back, but I had a great time with it. And Mom and Dad never... Acted like that was. <laughs> well, I think competitive. I think competitiveness too comes. A, survival's a part of it. It right? is. You know, you got to survive. Whether uh-huh. it's a kid fighting your older sibling or a bully in school or 
making money to feed your family. Mm-hmm. Survival. You got to be competitive, I think, if you want to make those things happen. You do. And I think, but it's more about holding yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. Because it's like you set a goal for yourself. Right. You're like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to think about it so much and focus on it, and I'm going to, you know, envision this unfolding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, Yeah. And I love goals. I love starting books and not finishing them and starting projects and never getting to the end of it. But if it's a motivator out of the gate, I'm your guy. You really you're, are. You're kind of one of those that, uh, I think you can see things through to the end better than I can. And I think that maybe that gives us a good combination. I think it does. But I'm a lot more cynical about stuff than you are. Yeah. You know, because I'm always the one that's like, no, he's not a nice person. He's a psychopath serial killer. What are you thinking? You're like, no, he, he's a nice guy. He just wanted to borrow a couple butcher knives and a rope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's not needle marks in his arm. That's where he was walking through the woods. Um, so a lot of people don't know this about you, but you play the piano. And one of the things that I think, one of the things that I know has always been a huge connection between me and you is music. Oh, yeah. We love music. Mm-hmm. Um, were you ever in a, uh, did you, you play in church or what started yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents signed me up for piano lessons when I was five, and I took them until I was 17. I think I went through three or four different teachers. I had a couple teachers that did it the fancy way, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like real classically trained classically trained pianists. And it's one woman had just moved to the Ozarks from Chicago, mm-hmm. and she did not like the way that I played the piano. And she was she was borderline abusive. I'm not joking. I was like eight, and this woman almost made me want to break that metronome because <laughs> she would sit there. I would have to play scales with to this metronome. She would record it on a little tape recorder, and then she would play it back at half speed. Mm-hmm. Listen to how sloppy that is. <laughs> And I wanted to be like, I'm here to play Jerry Lee Lewis, lady. Oh, I love Jerry Lee. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Classical music is like, you got to be really skilled and it's very technical. And like, I learned how to sight read so I can read music, but I don't. Yeah. Because everything I do is I play by ear. And what's crazy with me. Yeah. What's crazy for me about music now is like, uh, just like this Oliver Anthony guy. Uh, rich man north of Richmond. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. straight to the top, number one. Love the song, love the message. Um, but a lot of people, just like you took piano lessons for years and years and years, some of the greatest musicians I bet there <laughs> that I've ever known were in some small country church playing a guitar or playing a banjo or, uh, you know, somebody mm-hmm. playing a piano that nobody will ever know who they are. But now you have the ability with social media to put what you do out there for everybody to see. Mm-hmm. But I think like with Oliver Anthony, his case, he resonated. Everything about him resonated with so many people oh, that yeah. don't yeah. get 
that don't really push. Because most of the people that you see that are doing their thing and really have a lot of followers or they're doing an extreme in one way or the other, which is humor mm-hmm. or politics or, you know, whatever. They're a big personality. So there's a lot of people, yeah, well, just for... regular people who have great talents yeah. that nobody knows about because they can't beat the algorithms or that because they don't care to even engage yeah. with the algorithms. Well, and what I mean about Oliver Anthony is the message in itself is phenomenal. I mean, he's gone to number one on all the charts. Mm-hmm. Had it not been for social media, <clears throat> you know, he'd still be playing a crowd of 20 people. But that mm-hmm. ability's there. Getting back to just the music side of it, though, some of the best musicians ever, you know, nobody will ever know who they are. Yeah. Um, and I, we, that's, that is one of the big things that clicked with us was music. Oh yeah. We're both like old, um, old kind of outlaw country type music mm-hmm. and. Uh, oh yeah. My cousin is a guy like that. That's right. Uh, Billy Don. Billy Don. Billy Burns. Don Burns. Mm-hmm. Look him up on Pandora. I think he's on there. Yeah. He's like a legend. That's my mom's first cousin. I'm pretty sure. My mom's first cousin. And he's from 56. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's a songwriter. Um, he's wrote songs, I he's think. He's a singer also, but... Yeah. I think he's wrote some stuff for Willie Nelson and... So Willie I think, and Jennings. Yeah. 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 And then you got Lenny. No big deal. No big deal. No big deal. He's yeah. kind of famous. Mm-hmm. Then Lenny, he lived in Nashville for a while, mm-hmm. your uncle, and he's... Uh, He's like the Played best. With a band. He's a he's a prodigy. Yeah. I mean, just just unbelievable. Yeah. Just a regular guy that can play every single instrument that he touches. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Some people just got a yeah. gift for it. Mm-hmm. Some people's got a gift. So, what is something that we've got the piano out the way? So I'm hitting all the marks here. I'm hitting all this. I'm doing this interview thing right. You're doing it great. And so, I, you know, I'm like, wow, I don't, you're reminding me things about myself. Yeah. Like, so, wow, you I know, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got yeah. you here. So what is one thing that people, like I said, piano, people, some people know that because of being on Facebook and things like that. What is one thing that people listening to this is going to say, I had no idea. I had no idea she did this or did that or was mm-hmm. this or was that. Whatever it is. doesn't matter what it is, you know. Hmm. Let me think. I don't know. I mean, I don't really know if there's anything that wow about me uh, or unique that I haven't. There's got to be something let out me, there. Let me think. There's got to be something. Can't have dead air. Um, this isn't dead air. I can edit that out. <laughs> Woo. Um. Struggle bus? I mean, I don't know. What is something that nobody knows about me? Well, you. What's something that the general people, general public would not know? Something the general public would not know about you is that um, 
so I know, because you brought this up before, like, I know uh, that you would have been a phenomenal attorney oh, had yeah. you went that route. Yeah. Uh, didn't you... You didn't. You do some classes or take the t- take some test or something. I took the LSAT. Took the LSAT. Yeah, but how'd you do? I don't. I don't even remember. Did you Did you do well? It was okay. You're trying not to brag on yourself. I don't want to brag. Did you do well okay. though? It's based you, off. Did of you do? Was it kind of like? Uh, it's yeah, not like yeah. there's a score that you're like, oh, that's a good score. Okay, it's but based there, off the index for that year. Okay, but there is a mark to where they're like, oh, okay, yeah, you're not going to make it. Yeah, but I were mean, you there? Or were Look, you like, here's you the go. thing. It doesn't matter. If, she just doesn't want to brag on no, herself. No, here's the thing. If anybody says, I would like to do this and take this exam. Could you have gotten to law school from the test score that you made? Yep. But okay. you know what? There's, <laughs> there's a whole lot of people that can. That's I'm not like, that big of an accomplishment. I know. And I asked you. I asked you something. Because then, wouldn't. guess what? Even if you do go to law school and graduate, then you have to take the bar and pass that. There are a lot of people... Yeah. who get out of law school and can't pass the bar, and that would suck. Well, I guess what I'm saying is I know you don't you don't like, none of us like bragging ourselves. We shouldn't, anyway. Mm-hmm. But I knew that you had tested and made well enough to to go into law school if you chose to. But that being said, um, when we look at where we're at in life right now with what we have, as far as the, the job that we have, the life that we live, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't trade it. Yeah, it's awesome. Something that people would not know is the first job I wanted to ever be or have, I wanted to be an astronaut. Then when I got into like middle school, Mm -hmm. I I started thinking about, you know, being claustrophobic. This might suck just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they're riding And it's not like you can go outside and run a few laps and just get it out of your system. Yeah. Like Mission to Mars? Didn't that make you glad you weren't an astronaut? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was you ever go to that. Epcot uh, if you are claustrophobic or get motion sickness? I would highly suggest not riding uh, Mission to Mars. That'd be a bad move. Yeah, don't go to the red side. Go to the green side. If you don't want your day ruined. Yeah, that'd be a little yeah. tough. I mean, or if you tough. want to go on the red side, just do it later in the day. But make sure you have not eaten a bunch of stuff from, what's that place called with all the different countries? Oh, it's in Epcot where yeah. you go, yeah, you can go to different countries. and yeah. I'm not sure what the particular area mm-hmm. is called. But anyway, so I think we learned a lot about you. I think I did a pretty good job. Yeah. You know, pat please, myself on the back. Can you please not steal my podcast? I'm not going to steal your podcast. This is your thing. I mean, because you're, thing, that's, sometimes I'm like, Blake's really good at a lot of stuff. No. Yeah, no. you really are, though. And you're better looking and all kinds of things. Oh, God. Not, yeah, I mean, no, look at your not, face. Not. Look at your face. Look at your face. Look at your face. Look at your face. Okay. I'm just asking you, don't steal my So, past. we know, okay, last question, and then we're done. I'm going to, you got this weird walking stick thing. That's oh, my God, just, don't even. Uh, yeah, it's the, it's the dumbest thing ever. I, it's the dumbest thing ever. She's terrified of walking sticks. The one thing that you look at that you can't even hardly... It looks mm-hmm. literally like a stick, but you don't even know it's a bug. But some reason, she does. Um, so, I guess my last question is, who's going to be your next 
Who's going to be the next person that you interview on your podcast? That's going to be Kenzie Levegard. Kenzie will be good. Yeah. She'll be real good. Kenzie Levegard is legendary. She is. I mean. I've heard about her. Yeah. If, if you've never met or, you know, got to listen to Kenzie Levegard, I'm interviewing her Monday. Shout out to Kenzie. Awesome. Awesome. All right. I guess we're done. Mm-hmm.